in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to ridingdancedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 602 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are right back here, live in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on uh, the Ron and Don Show, a lot of people upset with the president, and I am too. Uh, he went to Maui, and I knew he would make it about him, which it feels like he did. Uh, and I relate to that because I've done that a lot in my life too. So sometimes you're trying to connect with people and in your connection, you end up making the story about you when sometimes we need to do what this guy over here does. I'm not pointing to me. I'm pointing to Ron. Sometimes we just need to listen and and Ron is very, very good at that. So I want to get his input as we talk more about being Maui, uh, Maui strong. Also, Russ Wilson. Uh, looks pretty good in Denver. At some point, I was listening to Pete Carroll on a podcast with Richard Sherman. A lot of healing between those guys. I wonder if we'll see some healing between the Seattle Seahawks, the city of Seattle, and Russ Wilson. Because the bottom line is this. The Seahawks look pretty good this year thanks to that trade. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, Ron, Burien, Washington. I know you care about it a lot because you own some real estate. Well, what's going on down yeah, there? Yeah, I have a, uh, a house that I lived in for probably over a year, and now it's a rental uh, in downtown Burien. And one of the reasons I chose Burien, this is before we started our uh, professional radio career. And so I, if, if I knew what I knew now, I, I probably wouldn't have bought in Burien. But at the time, I was like, okay, I'm going to draw a 10-mile radius uh, from the city of Seattle because that seems like a reasonable commute. Uh, things were a lot more affordable when I bought this house in Burien. And I was like, what's an up-and-coming neighborhood that I think has a lot of potential to the upside? And as I drove around, I went basically from Edmonds, everything on the east side I was already priced out of. But I went basically from Edmonds, uh, down to Burien. I said, I, I think it's Burien White Center. It's very close to the water, very close to West Seattle. Uh, it, it has a lot of pr- um, momentum, I thought, in the positive direction. And you have interstate highway access to yeah, it's, it. It's very You're close to the very airport. Very close to the airport, yeah. And so, in one of the things... And that, close to the water. Yeah, and one of the things that got me was they have this brand new... Because I had done a couple of the Veterans Day parades down there. And uh, I always enjoyed... They have this amazing, almost brand new library has this panoramic window of Mount Rainier. So when you're up in the second story of the library uh, and you're, if you're studying or you're reading or just you grab a book and you're, or you just need some time to, I, I've posted up there with just my computer and you want to do a little work. Amazing view of Mount Rainier. And then right behind it is this big park circle and they do farmer's markets there. And it has an old style, old, like a main street. And there's a lot, there's bakeries and restaurants and a bank. There's olive oil store and like all of these like small mom and pop businesses along this uh, street. And I was like, this is, this is appealing. I really enjoy this. So I bought it. I bought a house there. Now, um, subsequently 
the the homeless crisis moved to Burien. And so they picked the homeless I'm talking about. This homeless encampment picked the library. And by the way, they have a truck. It says homeless crisis on the side of their truck. Yes. And they, they actually drove their truck down to Burien and started, oh my gosh. And started unloading uh, all the stolen bikes. And so they uh, <laughs> there was an encampment that it formed are, yeah, still intense. Anyway, go ahead. around the library in this park circle where they were trying to have a new brewery and the, the farmer's market right there. And they absolutely took this place over. And one of the reasons why homeless people like it, they can go in there and use the internet. They can go in there and use the facilities. They can go in there and sleep. On a on a day when uh, it's cold and rainy outside, they can also, frankly, go in there. We've covered these stories before. They can watch porn if they want to. And, so. and I had so when we lost, when we got let go at Cairo, I was uh, putting together like a resume and sort of figuring out what I was going to do. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to that library. I love the look of. Uh, I want to get out of the house. Uh, I love looking at Mount Rainier. You I mean, love, and, and I love libraries. You love the Dewey Decimal System. I love uh, everything about libraries. So I go in there, yeah. and you're exactly right. The, the all the rules of the library were tossed out the window. Yeah. You had everybody in the quiet room was not being quiet. People were eating, <laughs> eating lunch there, taking their shoes off, like washing themselves in the in the bathrooms, like yeah. like shower style. Right. And so I'm like, this is just so. And the, you could tell the librarians were upset. So that that got ensconced right there at the at the library. So within the last couple of years, and this is going to lead to there's a there's a big story happening right now, and I'm, I'm curious to see what what the result that happens. So the city of Burien finally came in. All of these business owners are like you have to do something. Like this is supposed to be the the crown jewel of downtown Burien, uh, and it just it smells like a garbage dump. There's human waste everywhere. Like a, a lot of business, real estate offices, bakeries, all the stuff is there, and they put pressure on the city. This is the Smith Tower of Burien, is yes. what it is. Yeah, this and, and this is very close to City Hall. Yeah, and so they said, "All right, we are going to do a sweep. We're going to sweep these folks out." And so an interesting thing happened. And this, and this was this is the this sweep. This was recently. Sweep was recent. Okay. And so the, the interesting thing happened here, and this is maybe three or four months ago. A homeless advocate yeah. came down to, to the library. Of course. And he had studied the code for the city of Burien. And he said, hey, guys and gals and everybody here in your, in your tents, if you go two blocks that way, there is a vacant lot that I believe was owned by the city. And he said, if you go inside, if you're inside the sidewalks, that city lot, and I don't remember the exact technical loophole, but he said, you can invoke this loophole and just move right there. So they listened to this homeless advocate and he came down there every single, I think his name was Kevin. Kevin came down every day and he was talking to these folks and he was a hardcore advocate and he's putting stuff up on Facebook, putting stuff up on what's the dad next door yep. or uh, the, the, the neighborhood app. Yeah. He's putting stuff everywhere. He's on the news. He's in the, the local, you know, sort of weekly newspaper. He loves the there. library and the Dewey Decimal system. It sounds like. I don't well. know if he does that, no. but he wanted to keep, he said, Hey, these, these folks have the right to live somewhere. And if they want to be in Burien, uh, by God, they're going to be in Burien. So he sort of taught them or gave them advice, free advice on how they could occupy 
two blocks down. So it was a pretty easy move for this homeless encampment. They picked up their stuff. They moved the two blocks down. And, and this was even closer to City Hall. And so now they're there. And this thing is now simmering. But they're not in they're not in the street like they were on Capitol Hill oh, yeah. in the chop. Yeah, they, they shut are, the streets down. No, no, they didn't shut the streets down. But they're on sidewalks. Uh, they posted up in front of there was a Dollar General and a a grocery outlet there on the sidewalk there. So they there they started to grow. Yeah. So the the homeless encampment felt emboldened. And, and then the people that are around that. So you have a post office, a couple of big apartment buildings, uh, some banks and restaurants. And so now they're like, dude, that doesn't help for them to go from the library and, and basically pestering, uh, and being a bad influence to all those businesses to going two blocks down and being a bad influence to our businesses. So uh, this, this clash started to happen. And so they, um, the, the business owners, it seemed like they won, evicted them from this lot. Uh, and then they just moved down the street to an island on Ambon Boulevard as it goes towards West Seattle and Roxbury and, and right into White Center. Uh, as it trans, turns, turns this corner, there was a little triangular piece of land because the street had to make a, a jig jog. And so it is packed with, um, tents right now. So here's the upside of the, of the, of the story. Right now at the, at the Burien City Council, they are trying to decide, are we going to pass an ordinance? to permanently ban this style of camping in the city of Burien. Uh, and so in, in the normal battle lines have been drawn. On the one side, you have the folks that are like, well, you have to provide them with housing. If they, if they, they have a human right for a place to live. And then you have uh, another citizen came up and he had um, footage from his security camera. He has a one-year-old daughter. And he shows one of the homeless people that he can identify in that camp that lives around the corner attempting to break into his house. He shows this video mm. to the city council. And he's like, he goes, hey, guys, I'm, I'm as liberal as they come. I don't want to be the, the NIMBY guy, but I have a brand new baby at home. And I literally recognize this person trying to break into my house. Here's the video footage to prove it to you. And so the Burien is a much more red-leaning community than it is blue-leaning. Uh, and when we were down there, I don't know if you ever did it, but the Veterans Day Parade, it's very pro-military. It's very, I think it votes, it, it, the, the Burien Council and its representative are most of the time have an R after their name. And there is, it's, it would be considered a red, more of a red community than a blue community, at least as far as I've been able to tell. So this vote is going down like this week mm. to see if they are going to say, Hey, we want to do more like what Bellevue's doing than what Seattle's doing. What's Bellevue doing? Bellevue's doing this in basically enforcing the code of saying, no, you can't have your tent at the Bellevue Square Park. It's a beautiful park, and yes, there's a fountain, and yeah, there's a bathroom there, but no. We, we are not going to allow 50 tents to ring this park. This is a, this is right next to the hub of our commerce. Not allowed. And, and so it, the, the argument now has turned to, where are you going to go? And the housing is very expensive. And, and does a municipality owe it to them to provide an encampment? So there's there's some people that are saying, hey, we will drop off these pallet houses, the palletized houses, if you provide us with 
a sanctioned lot. So if you provide the sanctioned lot and the city of Burien signs off on it, we will deliver the pallet houses. Our, our friend Josh Kearns, who worked at Cairo, and then also some of the commercials you hear on this podcast, he helped, he puts those together. He's really into pickleball now as well. It seems like the whole, uh, the whole world is. Uh, he said these pallet, he's, he's, he's part of trying to get the word out about the pallet houses. And, and I haven't been in one. I haven't seen one. Uh, but he said that they're pretty, he said that they're pretty remarkable. It will go back to your thing that you talk about all the time. The pallet house sanctioned units usually have a rule book. Right. And so you usually have to abide by some curfews. Uh, you can't, a lot of times you can't have a pet. A lot of times you can't have a partner. A lot of times, uh, you can't uh, even drink alcohol inside the sanctioned uh, park. And so in, in Seattle, we've seen these sanctioned parks. There's a guy that sleeps on the sidewalk out, literally on the outside of the gate of the sanctioned park by my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's using, hasn't bathed in months. Uh, and I feel badly for the guy, but he just wanders around in circles around South Lake Union and he literally sleeps where he could on the inside of that gate. So what is it, food so, and support and showers yeah. and, and help and he refuses to partake. So what would you like to see is a, is a guy that owns a real estate in Burien? I want like to see Burien protect its park and protect its downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge amount of dollars. I thought you were, people say, oh, I thought you were a libtard. Lib, libtards don't talk like this. Uh, I think we've reached a critical mass where this model is not working and it, it continues to not work. And so... I'm almost going back to not, not incarceration model, but something to where people have voluntarily given up their rights at a certain point. Uh, they've voluntarily given up their rights. And for whatever reason in the city of Seattle and the Puget Sound area, we care more about household pets than we do about human beings. And, 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 I don't I think get, that's, I, I don't think that's true. I, I think, I think citizens that live in the city of Seattle care, care very much about human beings. And, and that's why we're in the predicament that we're in. Sometimes maybe, maybe we care too much. And so we put politicians in office and we just did it again with these city council votes. I looked at some of the people that are going to get reelected again as we, as we head toward another vote. And, and these are city council members that have allowed this. Uh, here in Seattle, I have a, there, I, I live right by SPU, very close to SPU, which is a Christian school. The, these kids for years actually allowed Tent City on their campus, uh, and they would allow them on there for three or four months at a time. And then, and then finally, when it started to get scary, especially for, for some of the women at school, I mean, they would go out there and they'd make them dinner and play music and really, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and really interact. And finally, SPU, because it got too dangerous, had to shut that down. They don't allow that anymore. If you look on my Facebook page, you'll see uh, there's an RV fire uh, a couple week weekends ago. And the Seattle, it, it, was, it was a big fire. It, it burnt the whole thing down. And so... It, and it's one of these derelict RVs that have been outside of SPU for years. These derelict RVs park outside where the girls play soccer. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So one of them burned. And what's really interesting, and the, and, and, and the mayor's a part of this, and he has to stop doing it. You, you can't just clean up an area one time or do it for a season, right? If Buren makes a commitment to it, they have to make a commitment in the same way that Bellevue made a commitment to it. And Bellevue made this commitment when during the Black Lives Matter movement, and we talked about this before, when the mall over in Bellevue got invaded mm-hmm. and broken into and it didn't feel safe to people, 
that's where Steve Miner, the, the, they say all they want that, that he, he, he resigned from the Bellevue police department. He, he was pushed out and he's the, the chief I just in, think to, it'll in, be, in Toledo, in Toledo right it'll now. It'll be really interesting if, if a city this close to Seattle does exactly a 180 to everything around it. I think that will send a message. If it's a smaller town like Burien that is connected to West Seattle is connected. It borders Seattle. If they stand up and it is right next to the airport, if they stand up and say, no, well, we're not going to do, we're not going to toe the line. There are, there are that cities, you guys are doing that. There's cities doing that though. Like they just don't make any headlines, but like, try to, try to go camp in Edmonds. It's not, it, it's not going to happen. They, they put a bull around that. What, what was interesting is after that RV burned, then the RVs around it all disappeared. Now the parents have come and they've escorted their kids to school. And what you're going to see happen is, as soon as school is back in session and those parents are gone, those RVs will come back. Maybe they'll, they'll put those cement blocks up again this they'll, time. They'll, they'll, they'll be allowed back. We saw this during the All-Star break where certain portions of the city, especially around King Station, really got cleaned up. Uh, Chinatown, all that got cleaned up. Drive through there now. And it once again looks like it did. So it really is a tube of toothpaste. Are we our brother's keeper? Uh, and I think at some point we're not. Because our brother doesn't want to be kept. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Ron Don here for Les Schwab. And guess what? It's the summer driving season, so that probably means that you want to take your boat somewhere. Yeah, or maybe you want to take your travel trailer, your Jayco, the little pop-up, whatever it is. A lot of times when they're driving, we think of things on four wheels, but not the other thing on two, four, or eight wheels. And that could be your travel trailer or your boat trailer or your ATV trailer. Guess what? Les Rob has you covered this summer. Yeah, right, we Ron? told you about the free pre-trip safety check. Take your boat trailer in there. There's nothing worse than getting a flat or problem with, with the boat on the back. We had a boat fly off a trailer when I was a kid. It was a disaster. So go to Les Schwab right now. Set that up. You can schedule your appointment in advance at leschwab.com or stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don. Now, listen to me. I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home, and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico, and we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home, and that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, is the summer much? You want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers, but your home must be dialed in, and Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do sellers, you will be rewarded, right? Yeah, and it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, ron at ronandon.com or go to the website, ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Uh, let's do a little Don's Dumb Dumb segment here. And I think this is true. People really got upset with President Trump when he went down to Puerto Rico and he started throwing out paper towels. And the liberal media especially had 
just they they just blasted him for that. He was he was, was on like, blast. as if he had a t shirt cannon at a yeah, basketball yeah. game. Yeah, and and sometimes when you grow up and everything's gold plated, man, and you've never known what it's like to be middle class or to be poor or to wonder where your next meal, all that stuff. You just you you don't relate. And it was it was a situation where you could see. I think his heart was probably in the right place. But I don't, he, he just didn't understand the optics of doing that. Uh, George W. Bush flying over New Orleans. And we talked about that, and he's looking at the aircraft. Do I land it? Do I go? He, he couldn't win on that one. He's coming from California. It was a campaign stop. He just raised a bunch of money. If I land this plane, and right after this hurricane, I'm going to be blamed for sucking up all these resources that they need on the ground right now. Because it's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts when a president arrives an emergency setting like that that we don't see. And so he decided not to. I'm going to go to Washington, come back. That ended up blowing up, blowing up in his face. And as a result of that, I think he went back 23, 24 times after that because he felt so bad. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. We know a lot of times when he is dealing with people that have died, he will often tell the story about his wife and his family that died in a car crash. Uh, and he shares that story. And, and I get it when he shares that story. Sometimes when he shares a story, though, he ends up sharing so much of the story that you forget who, who he's even talking to. When he went to Maui, I thought he might share that story. Or there's another story I've heard him tell before. And I said to myself, I hope he doesn't share one of those stories. And I'm that guy, you guys. Sometimes I will start sharing a story about something that happened to me or a place we were, or we got fired. Uh, I've brought up Hurricane Katrina a million times, right? A million times. In fact, we started making fun of it on the radio and we would start bringing it up because, because you're, you're, you're trying to relate to somebody and you, and in that relation, you're hoping that brings comfort. But, but then you stop and go, okay, what does this person really need right now? The, the president of the United States is going to Maui. You already know that there are people that are already saying that. Why are you coming here? Because you're taking up resources and we don't need you. Why are you coming here when FEMA didn't really respond and we've been kind of left here on our own, right? Other people saying, hey, he's going to come here, draw attention. I think it's important. So he, come, he, he, go, he, he goes to Maui and, and he shares the kitchen fire story. And if you don't know the kitchen fire story, they had a kitchen fire uh, at his house on the East Coast. The fire department was called. They put the kitchen fire out, they say, in 15 to 20 minutes. Well, Jill called 911, his wife, Dr. Jill, and he tells the story, though, like she was almost. Well, he, tell, he tells it. So let me finish. He tells a story differently all the time. And so sometimes he'll just say it was a small kitchen fire and, and my wife got okay, got out okay. In this particular instance, you're talking to people that are sitting there stunned. Their homes have been vaporized. Their neighbors have been vaporized. Their businesses have been vaporized. And, and, and now we know that there's 115 people they're beginning to identify. The number has gone from 850 back up to 1100 at the time of this broadcast as far as people that are missing. It seems like there may be hundreds of people and a lot of them kids and older people that were vaporized. So he is there now talking. There's no way that you can relate to that. There's no, I can't relate to that. Ron can't relate to that. Most of you can't relate to that. Some of you, if you've been to war and all that, you, you may be able to relate to that. You, maybe, maybe you. So he gets up there. He tells a story of this kitchen fire. 
and he and he and he says at the end of the story that he almost lost his wife, he almost lost his Corvette, and he almost lost his cat. Now think about that on the internet. There's lots of in the in the same way that we've seen the pictures of the documents that Donald Trump's and I've made fun of it being being in a bathroom. Is that where those documents belong? There's also plenty of pictures online of where Joe Biden kept his classified documents, and they're out in the garage right near, you can, you can see them stacked up right near the Corvette. And I don't know about you, but I don't think people that are going through, through and have this kind of pain that they need to hear about your 20 minute kitchen fire, which your, your wife didn't almost die. Your car is still with us. And we know that because we saw the classified documents and, 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 and it seemed like the cat was okay. Ron, what was, what, what was your take when he when he when he shared that story? Because his his job is to be a comforter in chief. Do you do you think people were comforted by that? No, I mean he's tone deaf on that story. But as you said, a lot of people use that technique because they've never been shown a more uh, a better technique. What would it's be a better like, technique? A better te- and I used to do that as well. Like it's human nature when you're hear something i just have a very close friend of mine whose brother died and it's tempting to go oh uh, have i ever had someone die and say so you could like let them know that like i i've loved somebody and they died and it's it's hard yeah uh, but at a certain point or for me at least i and I don't know if I read this in a book or heard i don't remember how this evolution happened but i was like oh you don't need to share that story. Right. I, I I sent their family flowers and I just said, this has to be incredibly painful. Um, if you're, if you need to talk about it, I'm here. I'm sending a lot of love your way. Yeah. And here's a gesture with some flowers. Yeah. They don't need to know. And they don't, not that they don't care. It doesn't do them any good to know that I've also had someone that died. Yeah. It, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so you have to take that urge to tell that story and just ask a question, but still tell a story. Still tell a story. And, and you can tell a story about bravery this, in Hawaii. This is the story that should have been that should have been told. Hey, and and, and and you frame it like this. Hey, I just want to let you know that I understand that a, that a lot of you feel like the federal government is late to this. And I, after being here, I can see why you would think that. And I'm not here to convince you uh, either way. But I do want to let you know that I am here now. And I am here representing not only the United States of America, but the people of the United States of America. And let me tell you a couple stories that I heard today. And then tell stories about a family who lost their daughter. Tell us a story about a family that lost their dog. Tell us, let us know that you've been listening because when you tell us other people's stories, it tells us that, okay, you were late, you were late to this, but, but now you understand because you've been listening. And then at the end of that, after telling those stories, just let people know you could, you and Joe could never fully understand this. I know you understand that, that, that we were late, but I want to let you know that I'm here now and I will be back often. And then introduce us to the gentleman that you put in charge of, right? And bring him up, put him on a microphone, and then start talking about 
This is what we are going to do. This is how we are going to help in moving forward. We didn't need to hear about your effing kitchen fire. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron. I'm here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. And Mitch, we've seen interest rates rise rapidly here uh, over the past year, 18 months. In the industry, what are you thinking is going to happen going forward? So they're still projecting rates are going to drop here near the end of the summer, definitely within the next year. And that means that now is the time to buy. So interest rates are going to drop. As we've said, we will help with the refinance on the back end. But rates dropping could mean a big influx in demand. Now, right now, there's a lack of supply, a lack of inventory, because people aren't willing to sell and get out of their low rates. If you buy now, you can beat the rush later. Okay, and also, then when the rates do drop, we can replace that rate with the new one. We sure can. Rate and replace. All right, he's Mitch at Mitch.Loans. You can buy now, replace the rate later when it drops, and Mitch take care of your loan fees. It's Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Before we get out of here, the Mariners are on a run right now. Think about that. The All-Star break, they're at 500. And now they're on a run, not only uh, to end up in a situation where they could play as kind of a runner-up in the AOS, they could, they, they could win their division here. So let's keep an eye on them. We know the Kraken are coming back. They've signed some more players. They look great. Uh, and even if you don't understand hockey... Go, yeah, one time next year, just just go to a game. I I now that I've gone, I'm I'm going to make sure I go to three, four or four games a make year. Make sure you go with your son because he the way he explains hockey fights is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Also, in that venue is great. If there's a concert coming to town that you want to go here, that's ended up to be a great venue. Lumen outside has ended up to be a great venue. Uh, we'll see if the Sonics ever come back. Uh, it looks like. The Apple Cup may be over, but maybe it'll return to us in some form. And will this end up being great for Washington and Washington State? We'll see. Only time will tell. We know it'll be great for the pocketbooks of, of the institution of the University of Washington, but will it be great for the fans? We'll, we'll just have to see. What I want to talk about, though, and I found this to be very interesting, and I've given Pete Carroll a lot of crap in the past, but I want to give him some credit because I saw that there's a young man by the name of Richard Sh- uh, Richard Sherman who is on a network that Colin Coward helped start called The Volume. And Richard Sherman's podcast is now on The Volume. And I had read that Richard Sherman was interviewing Pete Carroll. And I'm like, wow, I, 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 there's going to be some conflict in this. I need to tune in. I listened to the podcast this morning. They are in Pete Carroll's office at the VMAC. Richard is sitting there. Pete Carroll is sitting there and they had the coolest 45 minute conversation. Uh, I don't want to say that I've ever heard in sport, but I was really happy to see that, that Pete Carroll has been able to do something that Mike Holmgren never did. And people say, well, Mike, Mike Holmgren won a Super Bowl. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl record similar. Uh, Mike Holmgren is now eligible to get in and, and for 2024. He did not get the nod for the pro Hall, the pro football Where hall of fame. He, he went his uh, Super Bowl in Green Bay. Yeah, in Green right? Bay, and right. then in, and then in 
2005, they went to a Super Bowl here that they should have won in Detroit, and they didn't end up winning that. That really came down to a ref's decision. Nonetheless, I think Mike will probably go in at some point. I do have to say, though, because Mike has stayed around here as a broadcaster, and and most of his old players that I know, and, and some of these players I know very well, they don't like him. They don't. You don't you don't see a lot of like like get Matt Hasselbeck or get someone like a Brock Heward talking about their love for Mike Holmgren and 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 I can't speak for them, but I don't think you'll hear a lot of love for Mike Holmgren. Try to get Sean Alexander, uh, Lofa Tutubu, any any anybody you know Walter, any any of the guys from those teams. They don't they don't talk about him. Pete Carroll is a different deal. He knew even when the guys left and in the way that they left, do you know how they found out? He told them. He made them a promise. He said, if there ever has to be bad news delivered, I promise you that I will deliver it in this office right here. And that's where he delivered the news to Earl. And that's where he delivered the news to Richard. And that's where they delivered the news to Russ. He delivered all that news. He said, but you know what? With our culture that we have, he says, it's been so great to have all the guys come back. When you when you turn on the broadcast and you see Michael Bennett as a broadcaster, he's amazing. He is really I don't know if you've seen him on the TV side of the broadcast. When 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 you look at Well Marshawn was just roaming the sidelines and embraced. Yeah. And you could tell the guys got jacked out of their mind over it. Yeah. And and it, and it seems like when, when, when I listen to the former players who, who are on the broadcast, when I listen to the, some of the, the former players that are on the radio, typically what guys do, especially players that are African-American when they retire, they do what Ken Griffey Jr. did. You leave the Northwest, and he's in Florida, and he flies up here in his own plane sometimes. He flies his own plane, and he'll come up here, and he'll come to a Mariner game. Uh, and, and people love it, but this is not his home, right? Tiger Woods is down in Florida. Most NFL guys are down in Atlanta or somewhere in the South. They're in Texas. They could be in California for on the TV side, but many of them down in Florida in that same area. It, it, it's interesting because when you look at the Holmgren era, a lot of those guys aren't around. They left and they didn't come back. The Pete Carroll era, these guys, Doug Baldwin lives here. Steve Largent doesn't. Jim Zorn doesn't, even if you go back to those 70s teams. It's like Doug Baldwin lives here. He has bought into this community. He loves it. I know that Richard uh, or, or Russell Wilson's home, I think, is still for sale. I have a friend that's trying to sell it. Uh, I don't know that he'll be back. But, but if you have a moment, really listen to that, that podcast. And it's been really cool to see two guys – that have had a lot of healing in their lives and the way that they talk to one another, the respect that they have for each other. Can I ask you a question? I thought it was really cool that Richard Sherman could go back and sit on that couch in his office, the same office where Pete Carroll said, hey, we're going to have to let you go. Is he still manufacturing the bombast? Because when he got hired, I believe it was on Thursday Night Football, um, I, I, I think he was trying to be the caricature of Richard Sherman. And... Sometimes to me, it came off as hollow. He's clearly a very bright human being. He's got the gift of gab. Like he, he can turn it on, but he had that. I need to be the bombast guy. It's because when uh, he took, is when he took on Skip Bayless and said, Hey, Skip, I'm doing life better than you are. It got a lot of attention for him the, on the internet. Right. It got him this deal on the volume. The it, got him a, it, it got him a deal on Thursday night football. 
And and now it got him a deal because he's going to be part. But of, is that is he still in that persona? With he's gonna Pete? he he is now gonna gonna sit down and and be on undisputed and some of those other podcasts now and and some of those other TV shows. So so he's arrived. I'm totally with you though. When he, when he sat down with Pete, I didn't see any of that, yeah. and I and I enjoyed it. A, I I enjoyed it a lot there, more. There are times to turn that on, and 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 he's. He'll clearly get it over time. Shannon Sharp had to learn how to turn it on, turn and then it on, and, turn and it, off. And it, it, Shannon Sharp, in my opinion, is you talk about a guy when he started broadcasting. I'm like, this is never going to happen. He was not good, and then he was horrible. And then, and then, two years later, you could tell that he really sat down with some coaches. He really listened to people. Have you seen his, and, and, his, and he, his podcast, the Club he, Shay Shay stuff? Yeah, I've seen it all. Because yeah. he's very he's very good now. He's very good. And then and then he is very good when he gets on with an opposing host. And and Richard Ru- Sherman has that kind of range. Yes. Is, but he and you and I did the same thing when early in radio. We were all bombast and it, you have to learn to say. Well, you take it up here. There's nowhere, There's to, nowhere to take it. <laughs> Sometimes right. you gotta start down. Here. You got to start down here, smooth jazz. So you can get up here to rock! Right? You got to have, you got to, yeah. You got to have range. You Dynamic gotta, range. Yeah. As we call it in the broadcast biz. Yeah, you got to do it. Anyway, anyway uh, your thoughts real quick. Uh, final question on the Seahawks this year. Pete Carroll talked about the 2013 team. And and it was great to hear how much both of those guys love that team and the, and the way that they pushed each other. He, it, it feels like after listening to that, he feels like this team has some of that 2013, 2014 I, I have to be honest, I haven't fully engaged yet because the preseason game came on. I turned it on. I had uh, like my yeah. snack ready to go. And I was like, I don't know any of these players. Like the, 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 the A squad's not even dressed. So I turned it off like three plays in. I was like, I'm just going to wait till the exhibition stuff is getting closer to real football. And then I'll engage because I... I I, I can't stand exhibition football. So um, the, di- the difference that-, that you'll see, though, is like I have all, all, all these teams went to. We're not going to play any of our starters in the preseason. Now almost all of them are playing their starters in the preseason. I, I, I will cause, give you cause, this. Because they, they all effing sucked when they I, did that. I will give you credit where credit is due. I downloaded uh, the two episodes yes. of, of Aaron Rodgers. Did you? And I watched them on the plane, and it's very good TV. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the show called? It's HBO Max. Yeah, what was uh, your... Inside well, the NFL. Not Inside the NFL. Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. And the third one came out Hard on Knocks. Tuesday. Yeah, I'll need to... I haven't watched episode what, what, three what, yet. What was, your, what was your take? He, uh, I mean, it's... A, great show um it's well produced like when Liev shriver shows up who yeah. does the narration and uh and aaron Rodgers is trying to relate to all the movies he's did none of these 20 year olds know who Liev shriver is they don't know what movies he was in he's trying to get the young kids to go talk to and him and, and they're, they're like, like who's we, he we don't know who he and is. he's like rattling off movies and they're like i never seen any of that stuff <laughs> and so it's it's pretty it's well done and you can tell Guys in the NFL, and you and I have been around some of the, they don't, if you don't have the goods, they won't pretend like you have the goods. And they're not going to share their secret sauce with you. They're not going to, if you're a defensive lineman and your quarterback doesn't have the goods, you're not going to pretend like he does. And so we've been to enough training camps to know that's the real thing. Uh, Because when the the quarterback sucks, the guys on the defense are like, oh, geez. 
Like they roll their eyes and they're making fun. And so these, this, this team, the Jets team, they believe they're true believers. They've seen the stuff that he can do and they're impressed. Yeah. And the NFL, every team has three different teams. The defense is completely separate. The offense completely separate, really, from the special teams, even though that's more of a blend now with, with shortened rosters. But but you we, we've we seen teams where the offense hates the defense and vice versa because they're like, hey, you see, the, the you, see, the, you, see this, you see this with the Broncos, one of the most dominating defenses you never heard about last year because they didn't win a lot of games because the offense couldn't move the ball. Does that happen with the Jets, for instance? I do love... I do. The thing that I loved about Aaron Rodgers and Hard Knocks is him coaching some of the other kids, and even to the point where he goes over and he's grabbing one of the tackle dummies and he's coaching the DBs. He's coaching those guys. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, it is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Anyway, man, you are jacked up for some NFL football. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, thanks for making us your broadcasters, your friends, and your real estate agents. Don't forget, just reach out at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we can sit down today. And don't forget, if you're selling in 2024, we should be talking right now in 2023. In fact, the houses we're getting ready to sell as we head into the fall. These are people that we've been talking to, friends of ours, people part of the Ron and Don Nation for the last six to nine months. So the some of the era of calling a plumber and he's out the next day are gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need some runway. Yeah. So anyway, we're here to help. Ronandonsitdown.com, especially if you have a parent that's downsizing, if they have a reverse mortgage, if there's lots of deferred maintenance that needs to be done, we specialize in that. So we can help you with that. All right. And uh, please tell a friend too. We love your referrals. Ron and Don sit down.com till next time. Head up shoulders back. You've been listening to the Ron and Don show. Olay on the Ron and Don radio network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only, 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 only on the Ron and Don radio network.